The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome! Welcome, everyone, to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm due to Joe. And welcome to episode 80. 80 episodes of us just talking about movies. We've talked about over, probably over 200 at this point. I, I, I need to look back at the list I've made on Letterboxd, but we've talked about a substantial amount. Yeah, when you put it like that, it's actually kind of um, kind of insane to think about it like that. <laughs> and we're, we have more plans. Which is just kind of funny because most movie podcasts will be like, okay, we'll talk about one movie, but yeah. uh, we uh, I, we had the audacity to do two, <laughs> a double feature thing. I mean, it's mostly your fault. It was your idea. Yeah, it's, it's true. <laughs> but you know what? I enjoyed doing it, so thank you for having me. I do. Uh, you know, feeling is not mutual. <laughs> <laughs> It's because you love doing it. That's why. I just enjoy it. You're like, this is the greatest thing ever. Richard, that joke <laughs> you just said is funnier than the entirety of... No, I don't want to be that mean. <laughs> is this in reference to something that happened earlier? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I assure you, it is not. All will say this out of context. You will never get the context, but Bradley Cooper is great, but he's made some choices that Joey doesn't agree with. (laughs) (laughs) And you will never get the context for that. Just let that linger. The hint uh, is, no, we're not counting American Sniper in this instance. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, he's human as much as as he is uh, a deity. <laughs> to some people, <laughs> he is human, and he makes he's made some weird fake baby choices. Well, eight, 80 episodes, man, eighty yes. episodes, and this is a this is a an episode that's been a long time coming. But um, before we get into all that, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. Okay, I'm doing okay this week was a relatively calm week, which I haven't had one of those in quite a long time. Oddly, uh, not oddly enough, but it's just, I hate it. I hate it. It's, it's, it's been a hot second that you haven't had waves. Yeah. You know, and I got some, I woke up like four o'clock this morning. I got some work done this morning. Um, I like it when I wake up early because... And this is not targeted against you, but it's against the world. It's the one time when nobody bothers me. <laughs> I just was like, are we good? Yep. Um, but, no, I notice when you wake up at four in the morning, because, like, maybe I'll still be awake because I just haven't slept due to just general ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... Uh, I'll, I'll have, like, sent you something at, like, 2 in the morning knowing you're asleep. But I'm like, he'll see it later. And then it's, like, two hours later. And I'm like, oh. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then and then you realize I'm awake still. And then you, and then we just send stuff to each other. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what ends up happening. But, yeah, I, yes, I, I like getting yes, up yes. early because it's, like, I can do whatever. 
I can I can get some work done. I can just watch a movie uh, if I feel so compelled, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, you know, we both saw that Turning Red movie. That Yes. That was very good. I liked that. I liked it. You know, like the last couple Pixar movies, I'm not uh, onward was way like, too personal for me, so I'm not going to get into that. But like, um, mm. with the last couple, I don't know if any of them are my favorite necessarily, but I appreciate that they're that they're getting made and they're not <clears throat> they're not just um, like I was listening to somebody's review about Turning Red, and a lot of the Pixar movies are about like middle aged male anxieties, basically. Yeah, you know. Um, and it's kind of nice to see, like, especially with turning like, these stories about these teenage, um, these teenage girls, you know, told that it, go through something actually worth discussing. D- discussing, yes, it's, um, you know, it, it, was, it was. I really, I really liked it. And the songs were good. I really liked the songs. The score was really good, and it was visually mm. distinct for a Pixar movie. Like, it did, wasn't trying to go for like the realism thing that a lot of the Pixar movies try to go for. Not saying that realism is a bad thing, but it's kind of nice that it had a more distinct style to it. Yeah, I like, I just, like, my first thing I noticed about it is that it, like, vibes-wise and, like, aesthetic-wise, it seems like it was made by someone from my generation. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I was so curious, so I looked up the director, um, and she is 32, 33, I think. Or, like, she's in her early 30s, so I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and the movie set in 2002, and I'm like, this is very accurate, <laughs> and I I appreciated that. Um, Four Town for Life, by the way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Four Town for Life, and Four a, Townie a, right here. And uh, my my other thing I'm also going to say too is I'm I'm disappointed that the movie didn't get to play in theaters because um, I know you mm-hmm. know for the filmmakers it, it, it a movie playing in theater adds adds a certain level of prestige to your project, um, but. I am glad that this is widely accessible the way it is. And, you know, it's I watched it with Allison, and it's nice that we were able to watch a new movie together, which, like I said, it doesn't always uh, work yeah. out due to the dynamics of our relationship. But, um, yeah. No, I, I it's, uh, it's weird because, you know, obviously today, you know, we're still in a pandemic. I know things are a lot better than they used to be, but um, we're still in it, so, at least for now. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, hopefully we're not still in it later. But so in that in that instance, like you you understand the mindset, but also it's like Disney's releasing all these other things in theaters, but they're not bothering to like you know give Pixar a chance to have a theater release, which is weird because like at my theater we have posters for Lightyear, so I keep wondering are we gonna get Lightyear in theaters or are they just gonna throw light like Lightyear of all things because that's one of their big IPs like they're not just gonna let that linger on Disney Plus. I I imagine Disney anticipates that's gonna make money, so I don't think the difference is like Encanto was put out in theaters right and it had yeah. it basically had a month long theatrical release before it got to Disney Plus, and Encanto wasn't like a big hit in theaters. And look, it's hard enough to make a movie in the pandemic, but it's even harder when you have a family movie because it's it's obviously a it's expensive to go to the movies, but also b you're going to a large audit large auditorium with a bunch of strangers. You know, I don't yeah. I don't blame parents at all for you know sitting a lot of those movies out. Neither do I. Like at least with like something like Spider Man, Spider Man appeals to all generations, or Batman has an appeal that's 
Ned's goes so you'll, you'll, you're guaranteed a crowd at least for that yeah or at exactly. least a massive amount of people yeah right no for sure other than that other than turning red which i thought was a good movie um i've been oh you know what i watched i watched uh this douglas cirk movie written on the wind with uh with rock hudson and lauren bacall i'd never seen it before and i watched it with my mom and it was really really good um a really great you know melodramatic movie that I feel like it says a lot about society and masculinity and just a lot of different things. There's a lot of imagery in that movie that you're just like, oh man. Uh, but the cast is great, you know, and uh, that's uh, that's really all I have to say to for myself. <laughs> all right. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> How's Richard? I was about to get there, <laughs> dude. Oh, <laughs> oh. my! So you just want me to prompt myself? <laughs> Come on, Richard. I start every episode by saying, "Hey, how are you? How are you, <laughs> Richard? How, how's it going? How's it going?" <laughs> the face is what makes it so worth it. <laughs> every time. It's a beautiful face. <laughs> it's enough with the, with the unnecessary flattery. Let's. <laughs> some of us have things to do. My butt. Some, some of us have things to do, like staring at a wall for several hours and <laughs> contemplating their existence. Or re- well, I'll get to that eventually. Things. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get into this. Meat and potatoes. Let's go. Okay. Okay. Um, what did I do? Well, like you said, I, I watched turning red which i really liked i also watched um actually uh i have continued uh watching more of these 2021 movies that i missed because of covid anxieties Mm -hmm. you know and uh i had two sort of big milestone ones uh in this in this run through i guess um the first one is uh you know we you mentioned it earlier uh i finally after i think 90 days since it's theatrical release, which is very normal, oddly enough, yeah, it's I didn't like it. <laughs> it was too long, um, especially given how much had come out of about it since then. But um, I had finally watched Spider-Man: No Way Home, mm-hmm. the much beloved third entry in the Tom Holland Spider-Man franchise. Um, is okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was entertaining. I'll say that. I think I think that's the common thread with all the movies. I probably like the first two more than others, but at the same time, it's like I don't I don't particularly care for the Tom Holland interpretation. I might I think it's interesting that they changed it so much to like kind of mirror more of a Miles Miles Morales kind of thing, mm. which you know is I think is more commonly talked about with that interpretation, but. uh I like that they they tried something a little bit different, um, and then with this one, I mean, obviously all the return it, it all the returning uh, actors are really good. I like the way they handled the nostalgia thing, which you know obviously is such a huge thing right now. But at least they did a good job with it. They didn't just have them show up in the final act of the movie to fight uh, Olivia Wilde. <laughs> you know who, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's freaking movie <laughs> Sam Raimi's kid directs the third Spider-Man movie anyway uh, oh, man. <laughs> is that too on the nose 
<laughs> Oy vey. <laughs> but um, but no, it was it was entertaining. I think I need to watch it again because I've only seen it the one time, and I got the 4K pre-ordered, so I'll watch it when it comes out on disc. Um, but I was entertained. Obviously, you know, I I think you know what's funny. Like a lot of people talked about how. One, one sort of, like, bright spot for them was that this was kind of, like, a secret origin story. Like, this whole trilogy was kind of building towards Tom Holland becoming, like, the Spider-Man from the comics. Even to, like, to the point where his suit kind of matches the more Steve Ditko original design. Yeah. In a weird way. And my whole thought process of that <gasps> is, like, yeah, that's cool. I'm glad they, they gave him, like, kind of a clean slate so that for whatever the next one is, it can be something totally different. But at the same time, I'm like... Could you have just started with that? <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's weird with these with these movies. Like I I I haven't I haven't seen Homecoming since theaters. I don't think I might have seen it once at home, and then Far From Home. I haven't watched that much. I just kind of think they're whatever kind of movies. They're not for me, I guess. And that's no, yeah. But yeah, yeah. I really liked this one, and it made me. It made me angry at the other two because I'm like, I wish I could have cared about the Tom Holland supporting cast in those other movies as much as I cared about them here. Like, right. I feel like they wasted Marissa Tomei completely in the other in the other movies. You know, she's barely in them. She's barely barely in them, and then she's a huge role in this one. She's very good in this. I think about Patrick Willem's review, and it's like Kevin Feige is like, we're never gonna top Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin. As a villain, no. so we're just going to reuse him. <laughs> and you know what? Willem yeah. Dafoe is not just doing this for a paycheck. You can tell he is loving every second of it. You know what the surprising part, speaking of the villains, was? like, Because, you know, obviously Doc Ock and uh, Electro and Greek Goblin kind of get center stage a little bit. Yeah. But then you also have Lizard and you have Sandman. Yeah. I, I was, like, from everything I was told, I thought Sandman and Lizard literally do nothing. Like, maybe they have one line and that's it. They they have some substantial moments. They were like prominent. they actually like yeah. They're very they're much more prominent than I expected. And then like Doc Ock has like one kind of major scene, then he gets reformed, and then he doesn't show up again to the end of the movie. Yeah. So So I was like, Okay, all right. I mean I don't know who's <laughs> I don't know the perspectives here, but I just thought like it it was just interesting the from what you're hearing to what you're finally seeing. But I guess I mean that's it's not like a it's like a nitpick really that I was like why couldn't you just start a, this way versus that way but um again I think I need to watch it again to like really sort of get a feel for it and see if I feel the same or not mm -hmm. I think I do agree that I liked the side characters a lot more this time than before yeah and I like that it it was sort of steered away from just being like Tony Stark yes 2.0 yes which was nice um but yeah it was it was entertaining so we'll see we'll see how i feel it did give me that kind of classic nostalgia feeling which i don't think is a compliment to the movie itself because i it's just making me want to watch like spider-man 2 or yeah. it's like you know you know it's like I, i'm thank you for reminding me that i love these other movies more than this one <laughs> but <laughs> But, you know, at least, at least again, they did a solid job. The other, this is a personal milestone, and I'll, I'll be quick about this one so we can get to the movies. Mm. But um, uh, last year, 
over the summertime, I had made a video, uh, one of my favorite videos I've ever made, and it is about me finally sitting down and watching the entire Fast and Furious franchise. At the end of that video, I insinuate that because I'm vaccinated, I might go to the theater to see F9. That was a lie. That did not happen. <laughs> I would not, like no offense. I just don't think F9 would be the movie that brought me back to theaters. Um, it just isn't. Time had passed. It got released on 4K. It was available for rent, and then just recently, I saw it was available on HBO. So I so long story short, I I finally sat down and watched F9, the Fast Saga, and it's okay. <laughs> wow, you don't like no hot takes, no like glowing praise for any of these movies. Just it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's fine. fine. No, no, it's okay. It's fine. Uh, like I, I will say, my one hot take, potentially mm. hot take for f9 is obvious like there was a running joke because these movies got so over the top with the stunts that they're like why don't they just go in space and they do go in space in this one but it's it's very anticlimactic because it's just ludicrous and tyrese gibson floating in a car hmm. and talking intercut with a much more exciting chase scene uh between john cena and vin diesel and, and the whole team and Charlie Theron is there somehow. Right. Okay. Which is all very exciting things to hear, but it's also at the same time like then you have Ludacris and Tyrese Gibson floating in space. <laughs> and then they like like one final climactic moment, they run into a satellite and then then that's the that's the end. That's it. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's a little it's like like you built up this whole thing without realizing that maybe space is unappealing in this kind of a franchise. <laughs> This isn't Star Trek. If you if listen, if they turned that sh that car into like like a Enterprise and like it shot lasers out of it, that's when I would be like, okay, like, you did it. I feel like it's one it's one of those things where it has the fans already. They're gonna see these movies no matter what. They'll make yeah. money. They don't need to add yeah. the nonsense that we talk about. Like, oh, it'd be funny if they added dinosaurs or. Like spaceships, like listen, do those things, do those things, please. But I don't think they need to do it because it's all about family. <laughs> it is. It is very much about family. Though um, I will say one cool thing that made me think of you in the movie was Vin Diesel got to have a Tarzan moment. Really, but instead of just swinging on a vine like a normal person would, you know, because mm. everybody swings on vines, um, he, it, it locked onto the tire of his car and then the car swung. Interesting. Okay. And then all I can think of is Vin, Vin, Vin of the jungle, as strong as he can be. Watch out but, for that Cena. Uh, <laughs> Watch out for Peacemaker. Uh, but no, it was it was entertaining. So it was a little over. It was a little bit ridiculous, but I I, I don't mind ridiculous anymore. So I mean, as long as you had a good time, that's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. But anyway. So this, like like we said earlier, this episode is something that we planned a while ago. Yes. Yes. Because, fun fact, um, if you guys don't remember, or if you're new to the show, we did an episode called Hunt for the Ghost Dog, which is a pairing for Ghost Dog, The Way of the Samurai, and Hunt for the Wilder People, a Jim Jarmusch film and a Taika Waititi film. The whole crux of that episode was similar to a lot of other episodes we've done where it's mostly just 
Joey and I wanting to show each other stuff. Mm. Like, uh, I think of Hamilton Paddington as kind of the prime example of that, or at least the first example of that. And uh, it was, I th- it was like literally over the summer, Joey had just bought uh, a projector and he just got this from the Criterion sale. And he's just like all about Ghost Dog. Like, he still talks about it every now and then. And um, I, I just randomly decided, you know what? I haven't watched all of Taika's movies. I'm going to sit down and watch this Hunt for the Wilder People. It's got the kid from Deadpool 2. It's got freaking Alan Grant. I'm ready for it. And it was so funny. Mm-hmm. And I still think of that Ricky Baker birthday song all the time. Mm-hmm. And so these are movies that we genuinely loved. And then as I was thinking about it, I was like, these guys both did vampire movies. But not like typical vampire movies. And so I said to Joey, like, what if for like a sequel we did a double feature with those two movies? And he was immediately down. But it took us a very long time to get to it. Yes. <clears throat> so long story short, it's finally here. And Joey, what is the first film we are starting off with this week? The first film we're starting off with <laughs> is director Jim Jarmusch's 2013 film, Only Lovers Left Alive. Ooh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Either. I'm so sad. <laughs> that, was, that was my Adam impression. Oh, uh, oh, Adam. I hate zombies. <laughs> uh, this is um, this is a movie I hadn't seen since college. Uh, did you watch it in that vampire class you took? I did. Yes, um, I watched it in van- vampire literature. You know, which is one of my favorite classes I've ever had. I got to read. Obviously, Dracula, uh, Interview with the Vampire, Vampires in the Lemon Grove, Twilight. I read and watched Twilight, and I can confirm, mm-hmm. watching the movie is a better experience. I haven't read the book, so I can't so say. Avoid it. The, avoid the movie, it. The avoid movie it. was... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, this was definitely one of my favorite things that we did in that class. Um, at that point, I don't think I had seen... Actually, no, I had seen, I had seen Mystery Train by that point. Which is a, another a great um, Jim Jarmusch movie, and I just really liked. I think the running theme with a bunch of Jim Jarmusch movies I really like is just I like the vibes, man. Yeah, the yeah. vibes and the music. The music. I like. I was like I said a couple mornings this week. I've been just putting on Only Lovers Left Alive, not even to follow the plot or anything like that, but just to like just soak in like the atmosphere and the music. Um, and just hang out with these characters. It's just, mm. it, it, again, it's very much like like Ghost Dog in that sense, where obviously there is a story, there's a thread going on, um, but I think a lot of it is just soaking in the atmosphere, soaking in these these different these locations. Um, but only lovers left alive. You have, there are vampires. Vampires are real. Okay. You got the, the um, <laughs> appropriately named... Adam and Eve, played by Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton. Okay, I don't know if have we talked about Tilda Swinton movies at all on this show. I can't, I can't think of any. I'd have to look back again. We've talked about over two hundred, maybe or at least over a hundred movies. Yeah, so, guaranteed over a hundred. Yeah, so I'd have to go back and look, but I don't remember any off the top of my head. Well, in any case, you know these two vampires. Uh, they they have a long distance. <clears throat> they have a long distance thing going on and uh you know they love each other but eve is is much more comfortable with life 
right going on right now in the modern world, Adam is not, and um, you know, is is very disappointed and disillusioned with the way humanity has basically evolved over over the or centuries. devolved devolved as has, I imagine he would think as he would think yes he refers to people <clears throat> as zombies you know throughout the movie um and like I think part of that is just like he's he's like a younger vampire so he doesn't have the perspective that Eve has Eve has a greater perspective you know she's like listen it's okay it's, it's gonna be fine and he is you know it's it, you know it, there there's some worrying situations with Adam and basically that's like the the gist of it is just trying to get through modern times basically what is it like for a vampire a creature that is you know steeped in like such like romantic like when we think about vampires we think of these gothic castles and we think of like you know you know getting the villagers and eating them and things and it's like we're in a world where yeah. you, you can't you don't really do that and the blood in this case is not really not even necessarily just a sustenance is it kind of a drug as well yeah so like it's like it's like a like you you look at the euphoria on their face yeah. every time they consume it but they need it mm-hmm. or else they can't live yeah um what was do you remember the you said the the vampire class was the first time you watched the movie right yeah it's it's weird like how i sort of stumbled on it because I I was I watched a, a a talk show interview with Tom Hiddleston just because I was like oh hey Tom Hiddleston I don't even remember if I watched it on TV I don't know if it was like a clip or something but I was watching it and he was talking about being in this vampire movie I'm like what <laughs> hold on <laughs> like it just seemed like such a great idea like Tom Hiddleston as a vampire and then he was gonna be with Tilda Swinton like come on. Like, that's, like, perfect vampire casting, if there ever was any. Mm-hmm. And the they showed a clip of it, and it was the scene of them playing chess. And I'm like, oh, all right, I think I'm really interested in this. And I remember uh, me and my, my co-worker, at, when I worked at the video store, would constantly talk about all these different movies that we really liked, and how we were both, like, crazy excited to watch this movie. I'm like, it's this Tom Hiddleston vampire movie I really want to watch. And I immediately pre-ordered blu-ray off of amazon and it and it came i think a couple of days early and i watched it and i was not used to what like it was it was because obviously like i think a vampire like you were saying i think a horror and stuff but i was still really into it mm. and i loved i love specifically how they handled the immortality aspect of it yeah because again yeah like vampires have these characters especially have been around for thousands of years and they're living in modern times, and so it's really about them kind of adapting and reflecting on on the world as it is and the sort of the different perspectives and what you can do with that amount of time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, what you can do, like, from Eve's perspective, like, you know, the culture you can consume. You know, you look at all the books that she's read and all, and all these different languages that she probably knows perfectly. And uh, then you look at Adam, and yeah, he's like he's steeped in like the music culture, but he's also kind and he's kind of become like an underground like myth of a musician, essentially. But um, he uh, has a completely different view on, on on the human race, and is it's very cynical and 
uh, it's just it was just such an interesting thing because like you don't really think about that with because like the vampire movie is just like I am blah blah vampire I'm gonna drink your blood I've been around for blah blah years and in this case it's literally just like them going okay what now and it, it kind of it kind of, in a weird way kind of comments on in in its own way the you know when you get to a certain point in your life and you're just like you know, people keep telling me life is short, and I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, I I also just it's just like when it, like every day just feels like the same thing. Like, yes, you, you wake up, you know, and for them, they, they like for for Tom Hiddleston, he, he does a dr- he does a drug deal with Jeffrey Wright for the blood. <laughs> and, yes, and, and he go and he goes back home, and it's like it's just a thing on repeat until you know other forces come into play. Like imagine, imagine you're living your life the way you are, and just how you like. You wake up, you go to work, you come home, you eat dinner, you go to bed, you go, you wake up the next day, you kind of repeat it. Every now and then, you might break the cycle a little bit, do something a little bit different. But in most cases, it's like you're doing the same thing. Now, imagine you're a vampire who's lived for thousands of years, and you're doing that. Mm-hmm. You kind of get it. <laughs> you're like, you know what, Adam? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't 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 hurt yourself, but yeah, I get it. It's tough. Um especially like man, especially these days. Like when you get older and you kind of reflect on the human race a little bit and you realize how stupid it is. <laughs> like, you know, it's so stupid that they'll they'll storm a capital to protect a rich guy who doesn't care for them. You know, kind of stupid. Yeah. So I mean, again, try. I'm try. I try not to get political. Well, it's a lie. It happens. Just it just comes out. It's, but no need to apologize. But um, but yeah, it's just. I I, I hate to repeat myself, but you just you really understand it, <laughs> like Adam. I get it. But but on the flip side of that, with Eve, you know, you kind of want to aspire to that, you know. Like you want it, you want to aspire to like consume everything that she's consumed, and man, I guess my ultimate thing I'm taking away is that I love these characters and I love everything about them. I that's my thing. It's just so rich. I love hanging out with them. I love I love just scenes where they're just sitting and talking about stuff. Like I I love mm-hmm. um obviously John the late great John Hurt is in this movie. Ah, uh, rest in peace, good sir. As, as Marlo. Which, <laughs> oh yes, oh oh well. To preface this first, so Joey Joey is a huge Shakespeare fan. I like Shakespeare. Yeah, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> <laughs> like Shakespeare? Oh no, Joey Joey's a, Joey's a Shakespeare guy. And um, I, when we started watching the movie, I completely forgot that John Hurt plays Christopher Marlowe, who may have actually written quote unquote <laughs> William Shakespeare's work. Yeah, the I believe he is because um, I believe Jim Jarmusch is actually an anti-Stratfordian, which means okay. he does not believe that William Shakespeare wrote the plays of William Shakespeare. Um, so we're talking about anonymous level shit. The difference is, <laughs> the difference is, this is a good movie that uses that um, that authorship uh, question, I think, to a good effect because, in sort of yeah. sense, he's sort of a mirror image <clears throat> of of Adam. Really, you know, because they say a number of times that that's your, you know, that's your hero, you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you get the credit for it. It's 
putting out putting out the art as long as as long as the work gets out there and people are mm. enjoying it is kind of the important because I mean because there's like um was it are there like blank records at what like no label records of his music that are just floating out there that people are yeah. enjoying because like I said he's kind of a myth mythological like musician essentially and like and it spreads too like when we meet Ava played by Mia Waskowska who lives in I think she said she lives in California or something yeah LA mm-hmm. <clears throat> and she says like I heard your music out there and he's like how <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> So it's it, it spreads, but you know, and I think that's and there's a moment too at the end where he says that line. He says like, you know, as long as the work got out there, and so maybe that's kind of a self reflection moment for him there. Mm. He's like, you know, maybe I've been wanting to be so secluded. Though he does get random people stopping at his door, like these random like rocker kids that just like part just like, come on, listen. I understand like it's a very real thing, and I'm it's a very unfortunate thing, but come on. Mm. You know, it's like when YouTubers get people just unsolicitedly coming to their house and knocking on the door like, hey, I love your videos. Yeah. Hey. It's like, can you get off my property? Um, but I love the way they use location in these um, in this story. I mean. Tangier and Detroit. Tangier and Detroit. Um, they're beautifully photographed, for one. And um, I love the way Detroit basically kind of feels like a modern day um, like what Transylvania is in the like the Dracula movies, <laughs> where even though I've heard like Detroit has has had some rebound and stuff from what I've heard, but like mm-hmm. when we when people think of Detroit, they they think of just a place that's dirty, decrepit, rundown, sort of a, a shell of itself, basically. Yeah, I I think of um, and this is mostly because of the crow, but I think of how like their Halloween is called Devil's Night. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's legit, like, real, but I, like, know in, in the film, The Crow, like, you know, it'd be people going out and setting fires and committing crimes and stuff. Right. But I, and I do remember hearing that that was, like, for a moment, that was kind of a legit thing. Mm. So it's like, you know, you can imagine just from that alone, the, the damage done to, to a city from just people setting fires all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, you know, the, the, but, the, but the music scene coming out of Detroit is pretty legendary. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, so many different genres. Mo- There's a Motown museum in Detroit. Eminem's from Detroit. So, I mean, you know, it's just... This is a very small example, but, like, there's so many different things. So, at least there's that. Yeah, and one of my other favorite scenes is where they're in, like, the the old, like, abandoned movie palace. The, the old mm-hmm. theater that's just turned into, like, a parking garage. <laughs> oh, man. But it's also a nice reflection on on Adam's sort of like, and they said this in that video you sent me, where Adam just like clings to the past a lot. Yes. Which, that happens a lot today too. Yes. You know, like you're just talking about, like nostalgia is a thing. And, you know, it's gotten to a point where so many things are looked at through rose-colored glasses that we never bother to be like, was it really that good? Yeah. And in the, in the case with Adam, I think he's gotten to that point where he's too busy you know, pining for the past as opposed to, like, what Eve's trying to help him do, like, move forward a little bit. Yeah. Which I think finally comes to a head with that last scene when they lose all their blood and uh, Marlo's dead. And so it's like, well... Well, I guess we could start anew. 
you know, we can, we can, uh, let's, there's a lovely looking couple there. We can actually just be Adam and Eve, I guess. Yeah. So in a weird way, like, I guess they, like, through violence, but they get, they get to move on. <laughs> I think it's also weirdly life affirming as well, because, um, Adam had, I'm just going to, has contemplated suicide even to the, yes, to the, yes. I mean, and that's the other thing too, is they think about all the different things, the vampire, he has to get a specific kind of bullet that has like the wood and like a brass, oh, did you say like a brass, um, and in- it's, it's a brass, it's a brass shell casing and Coca-Bolo wood. Yeah. Uh, that is that is retrieved. Um, you know, but it's it's weirdly life affirming because it's like you know, yeah, they're in the terrible they're in a position where they don't have their blood anymore. But what can you you got to keep you keep going, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I, so I kind of I kind of dug that. Um, I think the cat the whole cast is terrific. You know, I know we've Every, everyone is great. Like we got to mention Anton Yelchin. Yes, who, uh, another unfortunate late great. Um, died way too young. Mm-hmm. Um. He plays. He's basically Adam's familiar yes. in this movie. Uh-huh. Um, his name's Ian, and he basically he gets all this stuff for Adam. You know, he gets these like beautiful, like pristine, like vintage guitars, like some of the most beautiful things you've ever seen. And I imagine, you know, I kept thinking like this has to be from like Jarmusch's like own collection. I feel like. <laughs> Like, he seems like the kind of guy that would collect, like, vintage, beautiful-as-hell guitars. And um, he also gets the bullet for him. But also, you know, Ian, is a little, he's, he's, he's doing things he shouldn't be doing. Like, he's... he's but then again, I think he, he he's, he's well-meaning behind it. So, like, we were talking about the blank um, vinyls. Uh, Ian does sell and, like, does... Well, at least he does, like, give out those blank vinyls of Adam's music to people as we learn. Adam finds out about it. Obviously yeah. not entirely happy, but he still cares about his friend. And I think that was also sort of a moment where he's like, you know, people like what I'm doing. I think that sort of helped the revelation r- later on when Marlo passed away. Yeah. Maybe. Mm. But um <gasps> at the same time like I like my thought process like uh, uh, Ian did that because he thinks Adam's music is incredible. Yeah. And he thinks it deserves to be heard. Yeah. And Adam's like, no, I just, I, don't, I, I want it for myself. Um, and uh, yet Ian's out here just like, check it out. I got, I got what you want. And um, so I think he was well-meaning on it. But, you know, I, I think, did he, did he get paid for those vinyls? I don't remember. I don't remember if he did. But I, I think, I, I think Ian, I think Ian is well-intentioned. But, but I agree with, the, with those because like it's like it's a waste not to have this beautiful music be heard by it's it, this art needs to be needs to be heard listened to and all that imagine imagine if this show had no music from John and Kenny yeah this would be a shit show <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, like and I I like I feel like the Ian to John a little bit because like I remember you know I'd always be like John I want to make something. Let's. I want to. I want to put you out there a bit more because he was always kind of a bit hesitant about doing stuff. Because listen, I mean, they're both John and Kenny are really talented, but we've known John longer, mm-hmm. so we've had a little bit more of an experience with him. But like John, like John's an incredible illustrator. John's an incredible musician, and so like I've always been like, you know, share it with the world. You just like, the world deserves to see your 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 brilliance. Yeah, and he's doing it a lot more now. Like he makes all our music for the show. As is, as is Kenny, who's also an incredibly brilliant mm-hmm. uh, musician and also a very funny writer. Yes, on that note as well. Like, um, anytime he writes "ra ra siskumba" in a script, I'm like, yeah, 
<laughs> I like it. Um, and uh, or like John did a children's book. Mm-hmm. He drew an entire. He's doing it, and he's doing another edition of it. Nice. And it's it's genuinely incredible to finally see them, you know, put their work out there a little bit more. So in a way, like, I'm not saying I contribute a little bit. Of that, but, All right. Like, just saying, hey, John. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense here. And I said this to you before. Um, Ian is totally like if Gifford and Wykey had a baby. Yes. I hope Wykey is listening to this one and he hears this. I can't wait for that. We'll we'll have to share this directly to them. Just be like, listen, this is you guys. This is you as a person. This is your child. Uh, but, I mean, we talked about Told Swinton and Tom Hiddleston. I just love Adam because... He gets so upset that his physical media is destroyed <laughs> and all his blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor poor Ian gets di- gets killed gets died. Poor Ian gets killed by Ava, and um, you know, obviously uh, Adam is upset about it. But then he's also like, <laughs> "She broke my guitar." Yeah, yeah. It's like the nineteen oh five one. Uh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they're, they're both they're both great. Uh, Tilda Swinton is just like she's she's great she's has this unconventional look about her which sounds despair but like she could play so many things it's kind of unreal she's she's so versatile like you see her in something like this and she's she's very like loving but also like very interesting and like you like i honestly like watching this in her watching her in this movie i'm kind of like tilda hi yeah like like i'm like man and then i think about her in um like constantine where she plays an angel where she's almost again with that same with that same sort of like you know beautiful you know look that she always has um and she's just like kind of and obviously angelic but kind of haunting at the same time Mm -hmm. and then i think of her in snowpiercer playing this kind of like like She's she's so versatile and she's wonderful and I'm sad we haven't talked about her enough. Yeah, no, she's she's fantastic. Jeffrey Wright is in this movie and he's great. <laughs> having having to deal with a, a a gothic emo bat kid, Doctor Faust, <laughs> Doctor Caligari, Caligari. <laughs> Just so many so many references in this movie. It's kind of insane. Like I think about the the wall of photographs and pictures. Of the people that, um, that uh, Adam's Adam. heroes that he doesn't have. Yes, <laughs> I have no heroes. It's like I was like, hey, there's Buster Keaton. <laughs> there's Buster Keaton. There's Tesla. Uh, there's uh, there's Poe, and then like Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> yeah, so I, many good people. I just think overall, I just think it's a really, it's just an incredibly unique movie. And it's something I, I don't I don't think you should watch it all the time, obviously, because there's some heavy stuff in it. Yeah, but you, you need to sort of be in the in the mood. I think that's what I that's what I said after watching it. But you know what? There's there's one more actor we have. I want to talk about Alice herself. Yes, Allison. What'd you say in the notes? Alice in Detroit Land. Alice in Detroit Land. Detroit Land. How do you get to Detroit land? I'm, I'm late. I'm late for a concert. I'm, um, late. I'm late for the Detroit Lions game. <laughs> oh, 
man. But yes, uh, Ava, played by Mia Wasikowska. She's great. Or, or, or uh, as Joey, as Joey will affectionately not even attempt to say her last name. <laughs> Just, I don't mean to call you out. No, but, it, <laughs> it like how it, how it starts off. He says Mia, but then it turns into like gibberish baby talk of just W and I. It's like Mia. It's like man. It's not fair to her. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to anybody. It's not fair to the listeners. It's not fair to you. I'm so sorry. No. I I am so sorry, um, Mia. I'm not going to say anything because you're, you're so great, especially in this movie. You're so, you're so great in this movie. But uh, what I love, though, the most about Ava is that she it, she's a much younger vampire. Mm-hmm. And she very much represents um, all the stuff that Adam hates. And it's not even like it's her own fault. Like, yeah, she's, you know, she breaks the rules. And yeah, she does things that she probably shouldn't do. Like killing Adam's friend, um, for one. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) But also, like, you know, she breaks the, you know, ask to be invited in rule by just walking into Adam's house uninvited. Um, But in a weird way, it's like, it's not like anything she's doing outside of murder is inherently bad. Right. It's just it's just what she represents is something that Adam has a clear problem with and is part of the reason why he's become so suicidal is just that the way the world is right now even just the fact that you know she drinks all their blood and it's like she does annoying things. She doesn't do anything that's like inherently terrible outside mm. of again murder. <laughs> but it adds a great dynamic and it puts another kind of um viewpoint on um, sort of building Adam's perspective on you know what his viewpoint on just the world is right now. So I, I like, I like, and and I just she's just a fun character. It's just a fun performance. Yeah, like you can tell she's just like, hi, <laughs> like like she's just having a good time. Yep, uh, she's very very good in the movie. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And uh, uh, a little tease, but in uh, this season we will be revisiting. Both Mia Wasikowska and Tom Hiddleston. Wait, Mia Wasikowska? Mia Wasikowska. Or I've heard her pronounce it in interviews, Wasikowska. Like there's a V pronunciation as opposed to the W. So I could have been mispronouncing the name wrong this whole time. And given everything that I just said, it's very ironic. (laughs) But yeah, I do believe that it's Mia Wasikowska. Now I'm thinking about it. Yes. That's a lot easier so. than I was expecting. I apologize <laughs> immensely. I am a big fat idiot. Anyway. <laughs> it's okay. I mean I mean it's okay with me. It's probably like it's probably not but okay. Still. She's probably just rolling her eyes like this dude. Like, God damn it. This happens so often. <laughs> You know what, too? Like, we're both guys that have, like, interesting last names. So, I mean, I'm sure we've had to had our own fair share of... People call me DeSanctus. Deanne Killies. <laughs> I get, I get Pornell. Pornell. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I get, like, I, it's gotten to a point where, like, not to go off the rails too much, but uh, I, it, it's gotten to a point where I have the stigma River, like, if I'm on an important call and I need to, like, say my name, I have to spell my last name because I know they'll mess it up. Hey, Richard, you ever been to this, the website pernhub.com? <laughs> <laughs> 
Pernhub, is that the one with cats and they're beautiful? And you just like, oh, look, it's like it's like a kid. It's <laughs> Pernhub. <laughs> but yes, this movie is very good. <laughs> I recommend it. Um, I, I I do recommend it. Um, there is that bit, like I said, with um with Adam where he is contemplating suicide. You shouldn't, you know, take note of that. Um, Please don't. Yeah, you know, if you need help. You know, I'll put the, the suicide hotline thing in the um, mm-hmm. description for this. Anyway, I think um, I think we should take a quick break. Yes, after after that silliness, after <laughs> after the, the, the shenanigans that we went through, um, we're gonna take a quick break, uh, Richard. We're gonna get some flights. Okay, we're gonna only fly at night, though, right? This is how yeah, because we, we can't we can't fly during the day. We can't fly during the day. Uh, no. You know, I, I did find a really nice flat in New Zealand. Oh, oh! All right. Oh, do we go? Do we? Is there anyone living there? Uh, you know, there's this is this, this eight thousand year old uh, guy. You know, but we'll, we'll look into it. Let's let's stay tuned. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Two Dudes One Double Feature. In our last segment, we had a we had a nice uh, sit down vibe, sort of hangout moment with Adam and Eve in Only Lovers Left Alive. But you know, man, sometimes Adam can be a bit of a drag, kind of pulls you down a little bit. So as much as we love him, we had to we had to move on, and uh, we wanted to hang out with some other friends um, who've been also living the modern life uh, vampire existence. Just, you know, trying to find their way, and uh, uh, what is this? What is this movie that I'm alluding to, Joey? <laughs> this movie. <laughs> sorry, this movie. You, you were you busy playing with? Your... <laughs> I was gonna try to. I was gonna try to do something because I thought you were gonna say the title, but that's okay. I'm not gonna do it anymore. I was, I was gonna do. I was gonna do. Ooh, a floating Harkonnen. <laughs> That, my friends, Can you please still do that. That, my Can friends, that? is what we do in the shadows. Look, it's a floating accordion. It's dead oh. and delicious. <laughs> that was worth it. Woo! <laughs> That was great. Yes, what we do in the shadows, man. I've been excited to sh- to watch this one with you because you've never seen this. I had never seen it, and it's kind of like it was kind of like with Scream, where I saved it for for the show. Like, 
And yes. and it's it's funny because I know I'm jumping ahead of things, but like my uncle loves the TV show. He's always just like you, the TV show so you good. Gotta watch it, and and I want to watch this TV show, but I'm like, I want to watch the movie first. I want to watch the movie first. Yeah, you know. And I finally did that today. Well. Or the other. What did we watch? We watched it the other day. We watched it a co- the other day. Yeah. The other day, whatever. But you still did it. I did it. You still did it. It felt like, listen, the way our ske- <laughs> like the way our schedule has been going this week, like it feels like as of late, this feels like an early recording. <laughs> it, it, it does. We're still in the previous week. Yeah, because it's Saturday. Mm-hmm. But Joey, um, I, I mean, I've I've seen this movie a couple times now, but because this is your first time, I want your general perspective on it. So, so lay it down. Lay it on me. This is really funny, you know. I mean, big shock. I know it's wow. Yeah, uh, Taika Waititi made a good comedy. Taika and uh, who's the co-director of this? One? Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords. Yes, Jermaine Clement and Taika made a good movie. Wow, you know, <laughs> who saw that who coming? saw that coming? No, but it, it's it, it really is kind of like an underdog. I mean, this thing was made for under two million dollars, which for a movie is like practically peanuts. You know. And it went on to gross yeah. over $6 million, and it started a franchise. Like, that's pretty wild. I mean, anytime that something like that, like something that small and that niche turns into something much larger than anybody ever anticipated, that's, that's, that's pretty cool, honestly. Oh, yeah. It was really funny. I think about my dad with a lot of this stuff, because my dad was a huge monster guy, and uh, he, as I said before, he, he loved the show Dark Shadows. And, oh yeah, you know, I know if he was alive, he definitely would have watched this movie and would have laughed because there's so many like things that make fun of like, it makes fun of just about any vampire thing that you can think of. Like if they, <laughs> if there's something in vampire lore that's even remotely like kind of goofy, this movie's going to, you know, poke fun at it a bit. You know, <laughs> I just love just the constant floating the f- on that note. Yes. Because it's like, they're like... Like, I love that they float, but then they can't land. <laughs> like, they suck at landing, and it's the funniest thing every time. That is that is really funny. Um, just not being able to go into places without being invited in is hysterical. <laughs> just invite the scene! Like, the other movie, there's certain things that are, like, myths or, like, taboos. Like, they talk about, like, garlic briefly in the, in the other movie. Um, in o- Only Lovers Left Alive. And, and like crucifixes, but this movie, there, there's stuff where they're just like, they have to have human blood. They specify that. They can't twilight this shit where they have like animals, <laughs> you know, they have like deer or whatever. They have, it has to be people. The familiar concept in this, because we, it, it's, you know, they talk about it a little bit in Only Lovers, you know, with, with the character Ian, um, but <laughs> Jackie, the familiar. <laughs> Jackie, ah, oh, love Jackie. Mm-hmm. Jackie's great. It's and even like um like just little things like I love when uh, he's talk when um Tycho's character uh I forget Vi- all the characters. Viago? I know there's Vlad- Viago, Vladislaus and Deacon. Deacon. Yes. Yes. Um Viago is talking about uh his the love of his life that he had like from like centuries ago and he has this like silver like locket yeah. and he wears it. <laughs> And his face, he's just like, and then it starts smoking, and he's like, (sighs) (laughs) that's about as long as I can wear that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that killed me. (laughs) 
or even or even like the way that they parody like imagery from like vampire movies like like i think with vladislaus and how they sort of parody um gary oldman yes and uh the the bram stoker dracula which i i know you i know you appreciate uh, i loved <laughs> he, he was probably my favorite of the uh of the of the main trio i i would say I mean, as I said in my review, finally a relatable character. But he says the line, dead <laughs> but delicious. <laughs> oh my god. I love, uh, speaking of what you were talking about earlier, um, how they make fun of vampire stuff, when uh, they're trying to get dressed to go out. Yes. But they can't see their reflection. Yes. That, like that, that's, the best, that's the best bit. That was so funny. From like when they're at, we're jumping all over the place in this movie. There's just so many great, like, funny things. So basically, the basic gist of this Everybody, in case you've never seen this, there's a couple couple of vampire dudes, couple dudes who all, all live in a flat together, and they're in modern times <laughs> trying to be vampires in New Zealand, and <laughs> that's that's the, the, the and there's like a like a documentary crew that follows them. It's yeah, and listen, this documentary crew is legit. Yeah, yeah, they do a great job. <laughs> really, only one death, only one. That's amazing. That's. Uh, that's pretty like listen, especially if you're filming vampires. That's impressive. It is. You got one death. It is. Uh, but it basically all goes through all their trials and and tribulations. You know, we talk with Taika as, as Viago, who's kind of a, like a fop, and he's so funny. Like <laughs> the meeting, like the like the like the the flat meeting where they're trying to like designate like chores and stuff. <laughs> you haven't done the dishes for five years. No, this is this is not a, this is not a meeting to tell you how cool you are. <laughs> We all think you're very cool, but and then and then when he says bloody dishes and like you think oh bloody like just he's being yeah. British like a like a British thing maybe that he looks over and they're just covered in blood. <laughs> we are vampires. We don't do dishes. <laughs> My other favorite thing is like the use of stock images to like show things. It's a nice way to like to not spend money on like doing things but also it's just really funny when you lead up to something like when vlad is vlad like <laughs> talks about the beast and then you get that stock image of like this weird like <laughs> egg-shaped thing with like a penis in the middle of it <laughs> that i i died every time um like it's it's so it's so funny the creepiest Okay, the nightmare fuel of this movie is, like, because they talk about how Vladislav can turn into animals, but he never gets the face right. And he's a cat <laughs> in the one scene. It's just Jermaine Clement's face <laughs> on a cat. <laughs> just going, that was, uh, that was some freaky stuff. <laughs> the worst part is, like, it's it sort of, like, became a found footage horror movie in that scene, because it's just this one guy, Nick, who becomes an important character later. Um, uh, getting chased around the house by the vampires <laughs> in like so many different ways. Like they're floating at him. There's the cat, but these are the most lad <laughs> is the cat. They're most the most pathetic vampires. It took all three of them to get this guy. <laughs> and the worst, the worst part is, is like, um, there, there's that bit when when Viago's drinking someone's blood, and it harkens back to the previous time where like he he's talking about like if you're gonna drink blood on my nice couch could you at least lie some newspaper down <laughs> it's like you mean the red couch you well, well now it's red <laughs> <laughs> and then like um he like bites into the the, the person's neck and then it just shoots out blood <laughs> and he's like shit shit and then it happens again <laughs> when when nick's running through the house and he opens one of the doors it's just shit 
it's really funny. It's it's just really every scene is just is just really funny. Um, Deacon, Deacon has a lot of like the funniest bits. I feel like <laughs> I like I like his whole build up. Like he's talking about his origin of being a vampire. And, uh, like, he builds it up like it's this big, scary thing. And he's like, and then it was Peter. (laughs) (laughs) And we're still friends today. Or, like, when he admits that he was a Nazi vampire. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's like, if you were, at that time, if you were a Nazi, but also if you were a vampire. But then if you were a vampire Nazi. (laughs) 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 I had to get out of there. (laughs) Why does Nick keep wearing my jacket? (laughs) <laughs> I, I love that, like when they're trying to address Nick, and that's one of the main points. That one of the main points is the fact, like, stop stealing his fashion. <laughs> oh my god! But we should, we should talk about Nick because Nick is very much like the Ava of this movie because he's like a modern dude, and he gets turned into a vampire, and but he's only been a vampire for two months. Yeah, he's both excited and kind of like pissed off about it because, like, on one hand, he's excited because. He can float. He's like, I've never been able to fly. Now I can fly. This is pretty great. But then, like, he can't eat his favorite foods. Like, I can't eat chips. You tell me I can't eat chips? Sucks. I'm over being a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but but then, like, um, he's because he's because again, he's like sort of that modern day version of people that you know. I'm sure all three of those guys are so like disassociated from. Like they're 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 actively trying to be a part of modern society, but like so much about them fails in that. Like even just the fact they still dress the way they do. Yes. From like they're they're clearly look like they're from the century that <laughs> that they were born in, or like. The, the, but I like they try to adapt. Like I like the bit when Viago tries to wear car uh, camo pants. And they're like, no. It's like, what about this? No. <laughs> like sometimes our clothes come from victims. <laughs> like we'll we'll kill a guy and we'll be like. Wow, that's a nice shirt. <laughs> but I like that Nick's sort of that foil. But you know what? Nick does come with one like exceptionally fantastic thing. And I know you love this. Oh, yes. And that is, of course, Stu. Oh, Stu. What a guy. Like, he's such a likable dude. <laughs> like, he does nothing, but he's so likable. <laughs> It's. I love it where there's like when they're like banishing Nick indefinitely. They're like, "Oh, Stu, you can. Like, oh, we'll see you later. Like, you can come anytime. <laughs> Please come visit." <laughs> Stu gives them access to the. They give him. They, Stu gives them Wi-Fi. Yes. So that like, I love the bit when Viago finally talks to one of his old familiars, who's like ninety-two. <laughs> and he's like, "You said you would turn me into a vampire. I've done I'm ninety life. years old." <laughs> I've I've done nothing. I've waited this whole time. He's like, bye. That's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> like the oh, the man. whole thing is just it, 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 like like I said, and then the werewolves like that's that's a whole thing. Were werewolves not swearwolves? Which you know what they even like it. Like, it's nice that it, it's um. Because th- there's a point where there's a character that does use the 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 f word, the yep. per- like the per- the pejorative way to describe yep. gay people, unfortunately. But the movie at least goes, "Hey, don't we're not." That's what instigates the swear wolf line, and and so it's like you know what? Props. Yeah, they called out this guy for being a, a dickhead. Yes, 
So that was like, because I, I forgot that that was a line in the movie, and I'm like, oh, God. And then it's like, okay. Mm. So at least at least they, they acknowledge that. But I love the werewolves. The The main werewolf is an actor. I've, I forget the actor's name, but I've seen him in so many things. And he's always very, very funny. He's actually um, uh, that new pirate show that came out. Oh. Uh, that Taika that Taika made. He's the main kind of because like it's funny because like you know Taika plays a dandy vampire in this, um, and then he plays uh, uh, the gentleman pirate as he is on the show. <laughs> so he's very much like a dandy, but he's a pirate, and so uh, it's just really funny. And then Taika's Blackbeard, of course. Um, uh, what's it called? I'm, for, I'm blanking on the title. It's on HBO Max. It's a vampire show. Taika, or it's a pirate show. Uh, Taika Waititi show. You should check it out. Uh, if uh, if we can remember the title later, I'll say it. But the general plot of this movie, though, because we haven't really talked about that, like the general plot. There's actually like even though this is very much in the same vein of Only Lovers, where it's like a kind of a vibes ish movie, because um, you're just kind of oh. it's a vibes ish movie. Um, I just wanted to say. Um... Our flag means death. Is that the yes? Yes, I was actually going to look that up after after I was done talking. Sorry, but thank you for that. Yeah, our flags mean death on HBO Max. Watch it. It's I I'm I'm only a couple episodes behind, but it's very very funny. But yeah, uh, like it's very much like kind of a vibes movie with um, what we do in the shadows. But uh, there is a plot, and the plot is that um, these documentarians are filming the lives of these vampires leading up to this specific event called the Unholy Masquerade, which is um, kind of this big event held for uh, vampires, zombies, witches, all these kind of like supernatural creatures. And um, at one point, we're, we're told that Vladislaus might be the uh, guest of honor, but then the guest of honor is actually someone else. <laughs> <laughs> the guest of honor is the beast yeah! <laughs> uh but before we get to that point though like obviously we're kind of living with these guys and we're living with them like adapting to this new modern vampire and stew yes and uh though something sad does happen to stew and I, I didn't want to tell you when we were watching it, because I, I just obviously I needed to see how you'd react. How how what? T- take us through that. Well, there's it. a whole whole thing after the party, and there's an encounter with the werewolves. Words were exchanged. <laughs> Stu, baby Stu, was caught in the middle of it, but but Stu becomes a werewolf, <laughs> so he lives. <laughs> <laughs> Cause at first, like you think he's dead, and Joey's like he, like Joey actively stares at me. And he just goes, <laughs> like really. Okay, let's see how the rest of this plays out. All right. Like it was like, oh god, this is gonna turn into three and a half, or maybe a three star movie after <laughs> this. And uh, then, and then it finds out. Then you find out Stu's alive. Yeah, Stu's but he's alive. A, he's a werewolf now. He's a werewolf, and that's cool. You know, and they they seem to get along now. There's a nice little uh, you know get together at the end. The werewolves and the vampires who are feuding throughout the movie get to like be friends now. Yes. With that with that bit, like just like the whole the whole werewolf vampire rivalry is another one of those kind of really funny like parody things because like you know, you, you see that and like like Twilight does it, Underworld does it, 
Um, they do reference Twilight a few times. Like I love, I love the bit when Nick is like, "You seen Twilight?" Like because because Nick starts telling that uh, he is a vampire to people, like strange yeah. people, even though they're trying to be like secret. And he's like, "You seen Twilight?" That was me. I'm the main guy in Twilight. <laughs> Actually, funny you say that. I think one of my favorite th- details in the movie is that he tells us, tells again, he tells everybody he's a vampire, and the one guy says he's a vampire hunter, and it turns out <laughs> he's actually a vampire. Hunter. I loved that. That was that was great. <laughs> that was such a good moment. And that again, I didn't want to say anything. It's like, like, oh. is that going to be like le- legit or? I love the cops um, in the when they're looking around. Oh, just what makes things everything uh, ship shape in here, you know? Like, oh god, look at that! You see that right there? No smoke detectors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have a flat, have a flat meeting. It's a good idea. <laughs> oh, that was like I love the like the setup too. It's like I I'm not very good at hypnotizing them, but I tried my best. <laughs> <laughs> And so, like, as as the story plays out, they're like, like you think they notice like the dead bodies, or they notice, uh, <laughs> like the one dead, like the vampire hunter's dead, and uh, like, hey, buddy, you weak? You put a blanket on this guy. <laughs> it's like we got the we got the stone. It's like that's not comfortable. He's not gonna like that. <laughs> it's so, it's so good. Which. We got to talk about Peter real quick because yeah. he's he's like kind of the the un the undocu like he, he he's not talked about as much but he's like the fourth flatmate who's the oldest as well and he basically looks like Nosferatu yeah and he's he's the unfortunate victim <laughs> unfortunate I put uh, to the vampire I, I put unfortunate in air quotes <laughs> he, I, I do remember you saying I'm glad Peter died <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is like, man, you get to a point where it's just like, dude, you just gotta stop. <laughs> like, it's like the first time we meet him, um, Viago's like opening, like trying to open his coffin, and Peter, <laughs> and he's just like, he's just sitting there with his arms crossed, and he wakes up, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he just gives him a chicken, and then he moves on. Yep, and he shows up like every now and then. <laughs> then he dies i mean like i said like these two movies handle the vampire modern day society very differently i also think about their flat again i also compare it to um tom hiddleston's place in only lovers where it is sort of like a dilapidated like you know not very well kept place but it's not like Mm -hmm. the transylvanian like castle like where, where you have like the big no it's just like this place this is the house it's just it's like it, it it's it's got like an old world feel to it, but that's probably mostly just because these guys are old world. Yeah, and they're all from different eras too. So like, you could clearly tell like each character is kind of like like obviously Viago's a dandy, he's a fop, so like he wears like puffy shirts. Yeah, or as as Jackie affectionately says, blouses. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't even a shirt. This is a blouse. <laughs> um, uh, Deacon. Is I think he's the younger one. He's he's considered the cool rebel of of the vampire of the vampire guys, and um, he's he's from like I, I assume he's from like the like forties thirties. I forget what they say specifically. Well, because they say he's like a hundred eighty. I thought he they said he was like one hundred eighty three years old or something s- like that. Something like that. So that would be 
somewhere. I don't know. And then like, I think Vlad is like what, like eight hundred, at least eight hundred, or somebody is at least eight hundred years old. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, Vlad, Vlad, because Vlad um is Vlad the Impaler. No, basically. he's Vlad the Poker. The Poker. <laughs> <laughs> they called me Vlad the Poker. I love I love the bit when they get on Facebook and he learns about poking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was so good. And he's just like, you can actually poke your friends if you want to. Yes. <laughs> that's amazing. I I just every like, I do agree that that's probably my favorite of all the characters. Like every bit with Vlad is so funny. <laughs> or like like when we first meet him and he's in that like like weird orgy that's like floating. Yes. And it's like <laughs> vertical <laughs> and it's like you just hear oh, and there's wind everywhere <laughs> it literally looks like it's keanu reeves and bram stoker see i think that's why i like him so much because i love that like type of vampire <laughs> <laughs> he even has his hair the, uh, yeah in the, in the masquerade <laughs> the boob hair <laughs> <laughs> the boob hair <laughs> oh that the, the ball has like my, my favorite like gag where they're dancing and you turn to cut to the mirror and it's just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the whole anything to do with the mirror thing is just the funniest. <laughs> Ooh, I'm a floating teacup. <laughs> <laughs> or, or or like when they do Pac-Man. <laughs> so it's just an orange and, and uh, uh, like a napkin yes. or something. Yes. <laughs> you know what I also like about this movie too? It's under 90 minutes, but I don't feel gypped by it. No. Like, it, it, it handles everything it needs to handle. Yeah. And again, it's it's literally just these guys, like, living their lives and trying to adapt to modern times. And, you know, then you have, then you have characters like Jackie, who's Deacon's familiar and wants to, uh, wants to become a vampire herself. And she, and the sad thing is Deacon doesn't even turn her into a vampire. Nick does. Yeah. You know, but at least she gets to be a vampire, and that's what matters. Um, then you got the werewolves showing up. You have Stu, the beast, who's literally, we find out, is just Vlad's uh, girlfriend <laughs> from years ago. It's like all this like horrifying imagery of the beast and the various battles Vlad has had with the beast. We get, like, in the during the credits, we get a brief glimpse of a battle. Yes. Which is literally just them doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like he's up against a wall and he's like ah! yes <laughs> oh it's so funny um i want to i know you haven't watched it but i want to talk about the show real quick yeah, because sure. it's it's worth talking about because like you're saying this this whole thing became a franchise like they decided to turn this into a show and in a lot of instances it like it that could be a scary thing yeah especially if it's not initially like or if like you know, they don't get the same people to do the show, which they did for this. You know, Jermaine Clement uh, was kind of the showrunner, or he was the initial creator of the show. And Taika directed a few of the episodes himself. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously with this, I think this movie sort of became a cult classic a little bit. Yeah. At least it, kind of an underground classic. Because, like, the first time I heard about it was just seeing trailers on Facebook. Yeah. And seeing, like, clips and stuff and be like, oh, this looks really funny. It's very similar to Only Lovers. It's just something that I randomly found on the internet, and I was like, "This looks really cool. I want to watch this." And I did. It was very funny. And then I went to Washington D.C. I remember this specifically. I watched the movie, and then uh, my friend who lives in Maryland, who at the time lived like half an hour away from D.C., we went to D.C. and we went to Smithsonian and did all the whole fun stuff. It was a good. It was a really good trip. Mm. It was me, him, and my sister. But uh, we, um, when we see like 
because there's been especially these days there's been so many movies and stuff turned into a show yeah like i forget that the exorcist was turned into a show with like what zoe saldana was in that i didn't even know that uh, but i think about fargo fargo yeah which is a very successful show mm-hmm. from the same guys that did um legion i think also starring jermaine clement nice um uh who i love i love on that movie but like, or that show but as well you're right it could be a scary thing because <laughs> you take this thing with such a such a beautiful like small movie right and then you put get make it like a tv show and you're like you get so worried that it could damage the reputation of that that little movie um but from what you but you and like sorry no yeah go ahead go ahead from, but from what you've told me that the show is probably as good but in some in some ways if not better than the movie itself it's it's strange because like you don't expect it to be like you're watching like you like you love this movie so much and yet like we we always forget that things can be improved because i mean i remember like you know again learning in film school i've talked about this before um how like you want to be able to move on when you're working on things so like you don't want to just keep repeating yourself initially like you make a movie yeah, it's probably got some flaws in it. Yeah, it's probably got this, but you you need to move on to the next thing. It's like um Luca Lucas uh, once said, "Films films aren't completed; they're abandoned." Kind of thing. Yes, exactly. But you know, in some instances, you have the the opportunity to to revisit that material and see if you can improve it. Mm-hmm. It seems, and in a lot of respects, you know, maybe it's better as a TV show than it is as a movie. Um. And in a lot of ways, it feels like maybe this material was best suited for TV show because, and it kind of has that kind of because it's also like kind of a documentary, so it kind of has like the Office, yeah, or like Parks and Rec kind of vibe where like the characters are interviewed, and but it takes it to a whole new level, and also just they get an incredible cast and and they and they implement so many different ideas that weren't implemented into the movie because they just didn't have time. But, like, we get to meet all these different characters. We get to meet different types of vampires. Like, one of the funniest characters on the show is a character named Colin Robinson, who is an American man. He's an energy vampire. And it basically takes this concept of, like, and everybody knows a person like this. Like, this one kind of person that just sucks the energy out of you because they're so boring. <laughs> <laughs> they're just so boring and they drawn they drone on and on and on talking about just nothing that amounts to anything other than just whatever like their un like just unbroken stream of thought is and uh they cha- they took that concept and they applied it to Colin Robinson as a character and made him this kind of Dilbert looking oh um God. boring as hell guy uh-huh. uh that enjoys boring people Mm. and like actively bores and annoys people and it sucks the energy out of them because they just can't stand being around him and it's the funniest thing ever Mm. it's so funny and he's arguably the strongest of the vampires because he can drain them on the show oh my god um or even just the way they reframe the show a little bit because in the movie it's about the three vampires it's about viago vladislaus and deacon and then their experience with all these other characters. In the show, obviously you get the experiences of all the other characters, but the show is framed around the familiar. Oh. Whose, uh, his name is Guillermo de la Cruz. And he's awesome. I love his, I love that character so much. But they also get so many great actors from all these different things. Uh, and they and they have a woman instead of three dudes. So it's a nice dynamic just in that. Yeah. Um, 
and it's set in Staten Island. Oh, that's cool. So, so you, so you get that nice kind of New York vibe as well. Mm. And and none of the stories necessarily like some of the stories kind of mirror the film a little bit. Like there's a there's one episode where they're talking about this like annual party that they have with all the vampires, but it's an orgy. So it's this annual right. orgy. <laughs> but I also think it's a fair thing too because, like I said, I don't think my uncle saw the movie. You yeah. know, and while it is a popular, like a cult title, maybe the mainstream, like the wider audience who maybe they do watch the show might not have seen the movie, so they can probably pardon themselves and like reuse certain story story beats and trope. Again, I haven't seen the show, so I'm speaking on it. Yeah, you know, but no, like I, I yeah, it's exactly that. Like you know, like I like uh, I remember my friend Michael that I've mentioned a couple of times. I haven't talked to him in a very long time because he lives in California now, mm. but. Um, he, he also is a huge fan of what we do in the shadows and he, and he gets annoyed when people mention the show and I'm like, have you watched the show? I don't think he, at the time he'd watched the show. It's like, watch the show. The show's very good. Um, my parents actually loved the show because I showed them the movie. I showed them the movie when it, when I initially got it and I don't think they, they latched onto it as well mm. as they did the set, the like second time later on that I showed it to them. Cause I think they completely forgot about it. Yeah. And then I showed them the show and now they watch the show. My dad actively watches the show more than I do. Mm. And it's three seasons now. And it's very, it's very brief, brisk 30 minute episodes. Oh, good. Um, Doug Jones plays, plays a character on the show. Oh, yes. Mark Hamill's on the show in an episode. And one of the funniest episodes of the entire like show Mark Hamill's on it. Um, some of my favorite actors just show up periodically. I'm I love Matt Barry, who uh, voices like 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 Richard Iowati is another great uh, British actor, but uh, he voices one of the one of the 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 servant droid in uh, Boba Fett. But he's also in like the IT crowd and so many great things. He plays uh, a great vampire and that just so so many so many great people and so many uh, great stories and. Uh, just the way they were able to re recontextualize everything. And one of the funniest things is that this show, not to keep going on about it, but like this show actually makes it so that only lovers might actually be in the same continuity <laughs> as, <laughs> as what we do in the shadows. Cause there's an episode, this is a big spoiler. So I apologize, but I showed a clip of this to Joey when I initially watched it, but there's a clip of the show where the three main vampires of, of Staten Island have to visit the Vampire Council. And the Vampire Council is like built up to be this big thing. And all the members of the Vampire Council are played by actors who've played vampires in other movies. Mm -hmm. So Tilda Swinton, who's kind of the head one, looks just... even the, and, and the funny thing is like they're all just named after their, themselves. Right. So it's like Tilda is Tilda. Right. And yet she looks like how she does in Only Lovers. Um, Evan Rachel Wood is there playing her character from True Blood. Mm -hmm. uh, Paul Rubens is there playing his character from the original Buffy the Vampire, the movie right. Buffy Vampire Slayer. Uh, Danny Trejo is there from uh, from Dust Till Dawn. <laughs> Wesley Snipes is there, but he's on a laptop and he's in the daytime because they call him the Daywalker because yeah. <laughs> he's playing. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and they do reference other people. So, like, at one point, they're like, is Rob coming? No, Rob's done with it. Robert Pattinson in Twilight. <laughs> like, what about Tom and Brad? 
no tom and brad's not coming <laughs> tom tom cruise and brad pitt from interview with vampire right and then like to round it out um uh we have vigo uh viago vladislaus and deacon returning as their characters mm. in the show so actually vladislaus plays a pretty important role a couple of times in the show okay which is pretty cool nice. so he returns twice but that episode alone made me want to watch it because i was like oh my god they just referenced all these amazing things yeah in one scene just for the hell of it i think dave batista's in the show at one point oh my god like that alone i'm like that'll sell joey yeah oh yeah <laughs> just yeah no he is he's in that episode actually oh my god <laughs> i forgot about that but yeah he's in it incredible um no such the, the show is so good and it just again it shows that you know if if you have the opportunity to recontextualize something maybe maybe it's worth a shot i also could see that too because like even though the movie is short it does feel like a like an extended pilot and sometimes like extended pilots can feel long <laughs> yeah even yeah, though yeah, I, yeah, I didn't no, think yeah. the movie was long or anything but i could i could understand if somebody was just walking into this just as a movie it could be like hmm Hmm. Hmm. But at least, at least, you know, you have these multiple different versions now and it's nice when they're, when they're both just as good as each other. Yeah. And there's also, I think there's another spinoff show called Wellington Paranormal. I haven't watched it, but it's also on HBO Max. And that one is about the cops, mm. the New Zealand cops from the movie. Right, right. Or at least like that, that police department. So that's something that's pretty cool too. Yeah, I'd definitely be curious about that. But I think both of these movies, both of these, um, Only Lovers Left Alive and L What We Do in the Shadows, and listen, those are both great titles for movies. It's, they're so good. They're, they're really just, like, great titles. But anyway, like, I think they're both great versions of themselves, but in, in different ways, you know. Like, obviously, <laughs> What We Do in the Shadows is very much, forefront a comedy. You know, it's very a very funny movie. Uh, Only Lovers is is a bit of moody, is a moodier movie. It's got the vibes, but I think they they're both they both look great. They got great performances all around. They're made by some great filmmakers. Honestly, I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, you think about like Jim Jarmusch, Taika, uh, and of course Jermaine Clement. Like it's pretty great, you know. It's great group of people, and it's just it's funny. It's it's so funny to like look back on the Ghost Dog episode and just think. There was this kind of perfect pairing in there because this hasn't happened before. No, you know, like like we would we would have these like like odd pairing ideas because you know it would just be like I lo I loved something Joey loved something we wanted to just share our love with each other, just, you know, out of context that might sound horrible or not. I don't know. Maybe it sounds pretty cool. You know, we gotta <laughs> we gotta figure we gotta figure out like a third um, a third pairing for to make it like a trilogy of Jarmusch. Uh, Honestly, yeah, with, with TT. Um, stuff because you know it uh i think it'd be i think it'd be pretty neat but also i think um you know because we do talk about filmmakers a lot in the show and it's kind of cool that we featured people like taika and especially jim jarmusch you know who i know jarmusch has a fan base and you know people i i know you know i enjoy him but like mm -hmm. i don't think he gets talked brought up as much as other like we talk about other people like other filmmakers um so i'm glad that um yeah. we're, we've been able to feature two of his movies so far on on our uh, on our little show and this is the third F fourth i think it's the it's the fourth because we did thor thor wilder hunt wilder jojo people. we did 
and and this this wow so and it's again it's just this guy who because when he when he and jimmy clement were making this movie they were making it as like movie fans like mm-hmm. like they weren't because again like you hear that budget you know they were making it you know with pennies just because they wanted to make something and have fun and then now like this movie i'm sure plus you know taika's other work sort of catapulted him a little bit so now he's doing he's doing a marvel movie he's doing another marvel movie star wars he's doing a star wars movie he was in star wars and and at the same time like he can do all these big things that he's doing but he can also go back and do smaller things like he's the bad guy and free guy mm. or um he he has that the uh, uh, our flag means death on hbo max that he directed some of the episodes for so he's able to do all these small things and like it's nice when when directors like that are successful enough that they can go into a point in their career where like people hire them for them mm-hmm. i'd very much think that Taika's achieved that so i uh, you know tip of the hat yes yeah for sure absolutely folks folks what are your favorite um what tt and uh you know jarmouche has jermaine clement directed other movies um to, I, I i'd have to think about it but i know clement um is probably most famous for some people for flight of the concords yeah which is that um hbo show from a couple like i think like the 2000s right is when that came out but i know that one gets a lot like i just remember one scene from that um where uh they go to like a tourist office and it's this guy talking about new zealand and how great it is but it's just like landscape shots and lord of the rings yep (laughs) (laughs) it's like there's a little bit more to new zealand than that but um you know i think what, what what are your favorite projects from those from those folks um what are your favorite vampire movies that aren't just like dracula you know or if you like if dracula's not your favorite just, what, not creature features not just creature features but like you know what are some other interesting vampire um movies or interesting monster you know movies that use monsters for that matter um yeah you can find us on facebook twitter instagram we got a youtube channel um am i missing anything uh we have letterboxes we do have letterboxes folks if you want to basically like a, a guess or a sneak peek at what we might be talking about like just go to letterbox we uh, we have there's a list on there that's like literally every double feature we've talked about and what we might talk about uh, yeah and also just we post reviews so <laughs> yeah exactly um anyway that about wraps it up for this week's show check us out in two weeks have a good night everyone Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned in two weeks for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature.
<laughs> it's just Jemaine Clement's face on a cat.